Evening News. Politics, crime, sport, finance. You've heard the news before, but not like this. <laughs> it's Up Early with Ben Ha-Harvey. Michael Ross. Ooh, give me those headlines. In Australian Open and news, there's been a bit of controversy where cameras at the Oz Open focusing on Sebastian Corder's girlfriend being a little too friendly with his coach. But it's fine because they're in an Australian Open relationship. Nice. <laughs> uh, love set match. I don't know. Yeah. There are. Uh, staying on at Oz Open News, Greek world number four Stefanos Tsitsipas is into the semi-finals of the Australian Open. He's made headlines inviting movie star Margot Robbie over to his home country. Pretty greasy move, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Western Bulldogs star Bailey Smith has come out to call for Australia to change the effing date of Australia Day. Oh, yeah? Not because he cares about the debate. He just, <laughs> he just he just doesn't want to get on the bags this close to the season. Because of the partying. Yep. Ready. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he wants it like, what, October? Yeah. He's like, after the grand final. Come on, guys. That's what I love to party anyway. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Something keeps falling down in me house. All in all, it's just a brick in the wall. Well, kind of. Like, bits of brick is falling down in me house. <laughs> well, yeah. Your house is literally falling yeah, down. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I've got this little apartment block, which is always quite funny because they're like, the strata is outside and they're like, and you, you own everything from the paint in, which is quite funny because inside the paint is the brick. So I'm like, is that your fault? Well, yeah. If you're the paint in, you're well, on this, top of the brick. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. Uh, we've, had, uh, we've had curtain content uh, appear on the show before. Oh. And if you've so- followed Mitchell Tinley on Instagram, oh, the hottest curtain content <laughs> Uh, of like, which curtains should I hang? Are they too creased? Do I steam them? Do I iron them? Are they block out? Should I get white? Should I get black? Colours? Venetian blinds? All the drama. You want to head over there. It's the best <laughs> thing we've ever done. Now, everyone will have an opinion, okay? But I settled with just these light sort of like white curtains that I was like, yep, that'll do. And we'll just leave it at uh, that. Would you go block out in the end? No, they were just Sheer? like literally like, like, you know when you go to Subway? And they give you a napkin. Okay. Imagine it was that, but lots of them. Right. Now, that's basically what we've got. But either way, uh, that's not the problem anymore. The curtain is not. The thing that holds the curtain is. Okay, my curtain holders boo, 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 fall down. They're gone. <laughs> what do you mean? The curtain rod? No, not the rod. Like the thing that then holds the rod <laughs> is, has, has fallen. And I was like, oh, no, I'll just put that back in. I had a little look. It's taken like chunks of brick out like it's not even just okay. like get those little and you're going to listen to two boys that have no idea what they're talking about when yeah. it comes to trades but you know them little colourful rubber thingies that the you plugs yep yep. now <laughs> there, there's no plugs big enough to fill this hole no which means bits of bricks come out people like patch it how do you patch a brick I don't do I put look I'll just give you the advice that my mate gave to me. And he used to work for, like, Homes West. So he was the call-out guy for when someone put, like, their foot through a door. Yep. Uh, So And maybe he would have seen curtain rods come out of the walls before. Yep. And he said, uh, if it's meant to move, WD-40. If it's not meant to move, liquid nails. So he would say, fill the hole 
with liquid nails. Yep. And then shove the plugs in. And then cross your fingers and go on with your life. Sounds good to me. What's <laughs> on the line now is the enigma himself, Alex. Here he is, the young man himself who lives his life by a random number generator, the one and only Alex Hasty. G'day, mate. G'day, how are you going? We yeah, good. are good. Did you get the day off? I know that you were sort of scrambling to try and get the day off for a four-day weekend. I didn't. I'm, I'm going to work, but hopefully I can get away with not doing much because no one will be there. So. <laughs> Hey, look, uh, work's not all that bad because nah. uh, it's led to the creation of a beautiful thing. Uh, we now have a small workplace band. Uh, you are our uh, bass guitarist, and I feel like you are our anchor to the world of like modern Australian music. You're, you're pretty like up to date with what's happening in the scene. Yeah, I mean, as, you, as we both found out when we did our first jam the other night, there's a lot of older songs I don't know and a lot of newer songs that I guess no one else knows. So Yeah, you are, what are you, 20? 21. 21, little baby boy. <laughs> showing him very simple so sort of songs. He would be time, like, and he didn't know. He would actually be like, oh, what's this song? And it's like, oh, that's Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's just one problem. We had another problem, Alex, in that we weren't expecting an audience but who was it? You or was it our drummer B Tech? Who spilled the beans that we were rehearsing in the office? It definitely wasn't me. I hid all. My, I hid my bass and my amp behind oh. where we were setting up. B Tech left his drums there. Yep. And ah. um, people caught wind of it, and they were there and ready to watch. Yeah, because I remember even I believe I even asked you what was going on. Uh, and I think you played it off. You said we were just, like, moving stuff around. And I believed you. I went, oh, cool. We must have, like, instruments laying around. We're a radio station. We're clearing a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I was moment. just like, yep, cool. And I left it at that. Now, you say yeah. that you were hiding your face. And this brings us to the next problem. I wasn't thrilled that we had an audience for mm-hmm. our very first rehearsal. We had nothing to play. Nope. It was a disaster. They just sat there. And we kept saying to them, there's nothing for you to hear. There's nothing for us to play to you. Mm. And they didn't believe us. They just kept sitting there. Yeah, it would be like being a, like going to a butcher and being like, we know you're not open yet, but we would like to watch the sausage <laughs> be made. <laughs> the problem being that young Alex here, do you have quite severe stage fright? Terrible, yeah. terrible all the time. Yeah. How are we going to be a bear? Because noticing this, you panicked like to a level where I went, this is real panic. This is a real panicking situation. Uh, to echo Michael's point, how will you ever perform? I, I can get over it, you know, most of the time when we have something prepared. But to have absolutely nothing and people watching, I was... Next level scared. It was <laughs> you. You looked genuinely terrified. <laughs> and so we hit. We we hit him around the corner uh, to just play a little something, and that kind of worked. So I feel like we need to maybe test out some ways over the next few rehearsals for you to get over your stage fright, or at least we, if we can manage your stage fright. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe perhaps. Uh, keeping you away from the crowd, keeping the crowd away from you. <gasps> There's a couple of ideas that I've got rattling around to Look, sort of sort this. I'll just float this out. Maybe I can be your stunt double. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> like Milli Vanilli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll see you. I'll see you later today at our next rehearsal, mate. Uh, we will. We'll get to the bottom of this. All right. I'll see you then. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Michael Ross, let me take you all the way to the great Fitzroy crossing because there was a crocodile out in the loose. Now, he can't keep still around crocs. No, uh, now just middle of the street, walking around. You know how we're just around the corner? So was the croc. Uh, It was only a freshie, but it was a 3.3, I believe, which is... That's big. That's like six for a salty. Like that's uh, freshies. Like I mean, I know as a as a Darwin boy, yeah. Uh, I often um, downplay freshies as if they are the daddy long legs <laughs> of the crocodile world. Uh, but look, they still didn't know how to get rid of it. So there's a video. It's not audibly worth showing you. Yeah. Uh, but do look at it. Go to like a Perth now, or whatever. It's like one of the first couple of articles. Uh, there's a cop standing behind. The croc, mm-hmm. and obviously they've called the ranger, but they're they're not gonna like they're not gonna like wait around for it. They're gonna try and like subdue it a little bit, or at least let it know, like, hey, mate, don't go anywhere. You know, we like that, like a citizen's arrest. Like, we can't <laughs> legally go, just take a seat, mate. Yeah, just sit down. Yeah, we can't legally do anything, <laughs> but just to let you know, you're surrounded. And if you try and do anything, we, we'll, we'll get you. Uh, there was a note that the lady that found it, her, um, now she says that her and her kids were throwing sticks at it to see if it was alive. But it sounded <laughs> a little more like it was being taunted. <laughs> yeah. She was like, it hissed at us. And I was like, that's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky that's all it did. Yeah, I know. But, uh, and then so the cop sneaks up behind it and he has, oh, not even, an, I wouldn't even say, in between a tea towel and a shower towel. Like okay. in size. Like a hand towel. Yep. Yeah. So he's behind it. Not even a hand towel. Let's say a two hand towel. It's like and a then he, mat. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> and then he lobs it on top of the crocodile's head. Again, just taunting him. <laughs> exactly. The crocodile then shakes it off. Oh, as you will. And then the lady says, Oh, he didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they wait. And the ranger comes, picks up the freshie, I'm assuming puts it back. Where it belongs. This in. is like we've all forgotten the lessons that Steve Irwin taught us. Did it's like it's he's been gone too long, yeah. And people are like, oh, I'm just gonna throw a bath mat at it. Look, I don't see know what, what it, I don't know what it was thinking. I think because when you watch the Crocodile Hunter, yeah, or whatever you watch, they have like this weird tarp uh, mat. They'll they'll yeah. put on it and then Cover wrap the it eyes, up. Yeah. yeah, and then wrap it up. And I think that is the thing. Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe there's someone yelling at me right now. But is it like when you touch a shark's nose and it like immobilizes it? Is it one of those things where it's like if you cover a croc's eyes, does it, does yeah, it shut down? It's, it's quite funny how many animals, if you cover their eyes, they kind of go to sleep. They're like, it's night time. <laughs> uh, a recent study conducted says there could be some truth uh, to the old luxury car and the smaller male appendage. Or is it? Uh, Because it's been a long long time trope uh, that, you know, if you drive like an expensive car, it's Mm -hmm. a compensator for lacking in the trouser department as as a man. I wonder where that came from. Uh, They believe that it sort of started... I believe in the in the eighties was when they first really cottoned on to this idea of the cars and that being connected. Okay. And uh, this is conducted by uh, some guys out of the US. 
obviously with small willies. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Maybe uh, I'm, I doubt they have uh, nice cars. They work in social and behavioural sciences. Uh, so here's the thing. They took a collection of men and they presented them with a series of questions. Yep. But the question in particular that they're focused on that the men don't know about is the cars. Before asking them the questions, they tell them the average size of the male penis. Yep. And then there was some interesting findings after that because what they did to them was they told some the actual average size and they lied to others. Really? Making it bigger so that the person would definitely be smaller. Okay. So they were... And this is what it is. They believe. Also, if you're, if you're playing at home, 5.1 to 5.5 inches. Is that's, so that's the, that's the average. Just, yeah. So they would say that the average is 6.5 to, to warp their perception. Okay. And this is what yeah. they find that if, if a man over 30 as well, so welcome to the club. Nice. If a man over 30 believes yep. that they are smaller, they yeah. are more likely to enjoy luxury vehicles. More likely to enjoy them? Yes. Or to buy them? Yeah, and well, to, to desire them. Oh, so this is the okay. thing. Like, so this, was, this is what they presented them with. They then presented those who were uh, above average or at mm-hmm. average, and also younger men don't, don't seem to care as much. But apparently, once you're over 30, you're more likely to go, they go, would you buy this car? And they show them you know, a Ferrari, and they go, yeah, well, yeah, mate, yeah maybe do you know, I would. Do you know my theory on that? When you have a little willy, mm. uh, you spend more time not using it because no one wants it. <laughs> <laughs> so you spend more time at work. True. You get higher up. You make more money. You're not, you're not going out you as much. You can afford more. Yeah. You're not spend. You're not going. So it's not, not like, like a, town. it's not like a deliberate compensation. It's just that when you have like uh, a decent sized eggplant, you're just kind of like preoccupied. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't. You don't have time for a luxury. Vehicle because you've got luxury life. But I'm, all I'm saying is, you're the one with the luxury vehicles, Mitchell Tinley. I'm also the one that's currently I have a Toyota dri- from my dad. I'm <laughs> currently driving around my mum's car. It's still pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty flashy. Yeah, look, how's she is. doing? <laughs> she is woo. You see that bad boy? Where do you think I got it from? <laughs> look, I want to hear from an expert. One eight hundred zero double one triple six. Oh, your mum. <laughs> uh, Sorry, <laughs> I told you we don't have the nice cards. <laughs> no, I, I, I do want to hear though. I do want to hear from women. Yeah, uh, same. I like not not from the guys uh, because we're obviously not we're not a good fit for it because yeah. it's all about perception. The study finds. Yeah, it's a fair point. So I want to hear from the ladies. Uh, do you think that those with really flashy cars? Is it a compensator? Like, do you have the actual empirical data to back it up? So give us a call. We're talking about the uh, study conducted by some psychologists and behavioural specialists who believe there is merit to the claim that men who have nice cars, luxury cars, are perhaps a little bit lacking in the pants, or at least the man believes they are behind the average for their willy. What do you think you said? Um, below. <laughs> because boy, do I want a Ferrari. <laughs> Look, uh, we want to hear from some experts, the ladies of the world on one eight hundred zero double one triple six. Uh We have got Sarah on the line now. Sarah is not uh, her real name. 
as uh, she would like to continue to date in yeah. her town in WA. More like Sarah. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hello. Now, Sarah, can you back up these findings that uh, this study revealed that men who think they're smaller in the pants department and generally over 30 years of age are more likely to have a nice luxury car? I would... Going from my uh, research, I would tend to back that up. Just going off the couple of guys that I've dated that are late 20s, early 30s, and they've had very out there cars. Very out there cars and very uh, in their pants. So does that mean if you pick up a guy at a bus stop, it's looking good? (laughs) So no car, (laughs) (laughs) best guy. Well, I I would have to further the research, I I suppose. But um, yeah, no, I would. <laughs> I don't think we can ask you to do more yeah, research. We can. That feels that feels <laughs> kind of like we're pimping you out for science. That's, <laughs> that's fine in the name of science. Um, no, that should be. Do you think though? Do you think though that it is just a perception that the guys with these nice cars? They've just got sort of lower self-esteem. They're actually they're actually fine, you know. It like, or have you encountered some who are a little bit lacking? I think out of necessity, they kind of put in a bit more effort if they think they're, you know, maybe lacking. And you know, to be honest, girls don't want a real big car. They don't need one. They don't want a big car. Yeah, just point A to point B. That's all that matters. Something economical. (laughs) As long as the car starts and doesn't clock out halfway through. (laughs) Uh, In soccer, there's now a white card. Yeah, I saw that. Have you seen it? You know when it gets pulled out? Was it something happened in the stands? Yeah, it doesn't have to just be in the stands, though. It. In the stands, a supporter fainted, and uh, the medics from both clubs went to give assistance. And the ref pulls out a white card to basically a white card is just a big thumbs up. Was it was it like as in the paramedics let them know he's okay, and then he goes, "They're all white." Like, don't stress. <laughs> yeah, good one. <laughs> and also, I have another joke. Yeah. Uh, was it the first time that the white card has successfully been played properly? <laughs> 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 a good one. <laughs> I thought it was. I was. There's something. This there is a joke here about something to do with like tradies because you know how they have white cards. Do they? Yeah, it's like it, it's their license basically to work on site. That's the white card. I'm oh, okay. Sure. Well, it wouldn't yeah. be the first time someone was given a white card for doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I like that too. But yeah, it's just a big thump. It's just all it is. I can't figure out what happens afterwards. But they're just going. Is nice. it so? Is it so? All the players like, hey, don't look over. Like, if you're looking over there, like when they put a yellow sticker on a car on the side of the road. No, but that's the thing. It's so. Here's another example of when you might give a white card. Uh, a player has hurt his ankle uh, for Australia. Mm-hmm. Like an Australian has hurt his ankle. Mm-hmm. An Italy player helps him up and walks him off. White card. Why? So it's it's just given for good sportsmanship. It's just like a, it's a thumbs up card. But, that but happened, I don't know what happens afterwards. But that happened off the field. Do you get another player on? <laughs> Do you like, he's like, yeah, good job, guys. Come on. I'll give you a bonus player. We'll play multi-ball if both teams are two balls on the field. All the goals. What happens after the white card? I can't figure out. That's very weird. 
Triple M, Mitchell and Michael, and joining us on the line now to talk everything tech is Matt Sear from Best IT, the Cyberman himself. Matty, welcome back. Good morning. Now, look, you're pretty light on on the old social media because we know that you think that people are going to steal all your details. Yeah. Um, But do you know more about the back end of the world of, say, Facebook? Because it's very common that when you start talking about something, uh, maybe, like we were talking about cars earlier today. Yeah. My phone's right here. Am I going to start getting ads for cars? Because I feel like I have in the past. Oh, that's the, uh, you know, is Facebook listening? The old question. Um, yeah, look, the short answer in my opinion is no. They're not listening to everything we say. If we've got our phones sort of sitting around the table and we're yapping about things. That, that, that's, my, uh, that's my opinion, I guess. And, and you can read up a lot on it on, on the internet. But um, and they know so much about you anyway with other areas of uh, what your phone's doing, where you are, et cetera. Do they need to listen is my question. Yeah, but would, like... Do they have the ability to and they're just not choosing to? Is that Could that be part of it? Or do you think that they, like, ethically wouldn't even do that? Well, look, I don't know about ethically. I'm not <laughs> sure about that. But, but look, they put the, with the, for example, with the iPhones, they put the little microphone um, light on, the, on one of the updates a couple of years ago. So you can tell if your microphone is being used by any app on the phone. And really, any, any your phone, your, um, your, you know, your text messaging app, your phone app, your Facebook app, all, they're all apps now on a phone. Yeah. So if any of those access the microphone, the light comes on. So there's been plenty of independent tests mm. you know, internationally that show that that's not coming on, they're not touching that. And there's also other things like the CPU and the, and the brains of the machine in the background will be doing things and it'll be your phone will be sort of using more battery and using data and so we can measure that and that's just not happening no. What about the old cookies? Like are they definitely taking what we're searching say in a in a browser like Google and then bringing that into Facebook? Yeah, absolutely. And a yeah. lot more. So, I mean, I think the three main things is they know where you they know physically where you are, so your GPS coordinates and and what you're doing. Um, they, they can track you quite simply. Um, and then they know who your friends are. And so if you're seeing your friends or you're you know, in a similar vicinity as your friends, um, they know exactly what's happening with your friends because they're looking at their information as well. And also um, your internet history, like you said. Oh. So anything you've browsed or you've, you've seen or you've touched, and quite often apps will share information with each other. So you know, they've got a lot of information about yes. you. I, I don't like that one where sometimes you go and you bump into someone haven't seen for a long time and then on Facebook it pops up and says would you like to add this person as a friend and I think yeah straight away they're tracking both of us we've been in the same location and they thought God you haven't connected yet we'll introduce you on Facebook that's quite creepy yeah, <laughs> I never considered that that they know exactly when we are all together like well they at least is it just mainly like the location like if it obviously you both got your location on yeah yeah so uh, obviously you guys know I'm pretty pretty tight with that stuff on my phone and my social media. So I've turned location stuff off for anything I possibly can, unless I absolutely want to. Like my photos, I like my photos to sort of mm. tell me where they were taken. So I've turned that on while using the app. Yeah. Don't you normally just turn your location off because you've got a wife? <laughs> <laughs> what, <to> hide? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you uh, need some business solutions for your business, well then uh, get in touch with Matt's here at Best IT. Great job as always, mate. Thanks, gentlemen. Good to speak to you. Uh, best of luck with your not dying in the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Hopefully no COVID for me. Oh, Thank yeah? Well, yeah, well, I can because uh, yesterday was Australia Day. And look, 
there's a lot of discussion around whether or not the date of Australia Day should change. And I think it is inevitable. I think it's going to change. Because why would we want to have a day where we don't all celebrate? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Sometimes I want a day and then I have that day and I don't want that date anymore. Yeah, that's that's what happens. <laughs> you can change your birthday if you want. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, if it was, for example, on the day that something really bad happened. Yeah, you might go I'm not having my party today. Yep. I'm picking a different day. That that's might, fine. Even that's if that's my birthday, right. it might have the party on another day. But there are there's a certain group of people that are resisting it for the wrong kind of reasons. Okay, and uh, there is you, you would pick them in a crowd because they are not true blue. They are true red. <laughs> Sorry, they're not like commies. <laughs> in fact, they hate the communists as well. Uh, you may have seen, it's called the Red Ensign. Uh, popped up a lot during COVID when people were like oh, resisting lockdowns and things like that. The sovereignty citizen one. Yes, yeah, so the Red Ensign is a flag that uh, like merchant ships and civilian ships got to use to denote back in the day that they were, like, not Navy. Okay, So they've gone, okay, this is our flag now because it's for civilians. They're like, so this is the Australian flag for the people. And there was one of them flying uh, near my house, and it was flying upside down. Oh, no. no. What's that mean? That means that the ship is in distress. Oh, no. So this person has gone, Australia's in trouble, flip the flag. So not only do they have the red flag, it's upside down. It's upside down, Uh, which the Australian government actually says, don't do that. It's quite disrespectful to the flag. It should only be done if you are on a ship in distress. Okay, but they don't care because the government's corrupt. Yep. All right, so these are the kind of people I would imagine who would say, why can't you just get over Australia Day? That happened so long ago, it's, in the it's past. time to move. It's in the past. Yep, gotcha. Along with the person with this flag, because the red ensign they were flying had a six-pointed star instead of a seven-pointed star, meaning that their flag represents Australia from pre-1909. They don't... <laughs> that flag does not recognise territories. Only the states. So your hometown of Darwin, that is not in the heart of that man's flag. They don't recognise They NT. don't recognise the NT. They don't recognise Canberra. Well, I mean, that <laughs> <Obviously>. checks out. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't recognise a lot of our island territories as well. Really? Yeah. That's, it's only for the states. So for people who want to move on from the past, why are you living in the past? Why are you flying an old flag that's been out of date for over a hundred years. What flag would you like them to have now? The blue one, first of all. So the Australian government allowed ships to start using the blue Australian flag, even mm-hmm. if you weren't in the Navy, from like the 60s. <laughs> so that one. And make sure you've got a seven-pointed star. If you care about all of Australia, use a seven-pointed star, not a six-pointed star. Yeah, or just go the whole way and have that little one with the, you know, the yellow green one with the kangaroo? Yeah. Let's fly that one. Just fly that one. A boxing kangaroo. (laughs) If you enjoyed the Mitchell and Michael podcast, remember to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your mates.